Today on Lockdown Red Wings, how much better can Detroit get once all its depth is back in place? Also, should we be adjusting expectations for Dominic Kubelik and then finishing out the episode doing a game preview for the Montreal Canadiens? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know if you noticed that, Scotty, but I almost called him a Dominic Dubalik. I caught myself. <laughs> that was great. Ka- Dominique Kubalik. Uh, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Well, Scotty is the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's an off day, guys. We got a couple of questions we wanted to pose. I posed it in the cold open there just a moment ago. But there's a plethora of injuries uh, to this roster right now, Scotty. You and I both know it. The listeners know it, obviously. Bertuzzi's out probably about halfway through that injury. We haven't gotten an update in a while, but it was supposed to be four to six weeks. Uh, Jacob Vron is out indefinitely. We don't know. He, we don't know if he's coming back until he comes back, basically with the type of stuff that he's dealing with. Um, Soonquist is out. We haven't got an update on him. Obviously, we know Wallman, Pistic, and Fabry were all injured either last season or before the season started, and they're out for a while. Now Zadina, the latest one to fall. So there's a lot of injuries that are impacting the depth of this team. And the big question here to start the show, Scotty, is how much better? I think it's a twofold question, actually. One, A, how much better is this team going to be once all that depth returns to the lineup? And then B, as the team stands right now, how much more can we expect? Not how much more can we expect, but how much longer do you think this team can hold out with the depth as it stands? I mean, with all the call-ups that you've had to make so far. Well, yeah, I mean, we we talked about it a lot coming into the season, how vital this depth was, and we talked about it again yesterday, but the reason that you need depth is because what is happening is inevitable. This is a physical game. It's a long season. Injuries are going to happen. No team in the history of the NHL has gone through a season clean and just like not had any injuries. You know what I mean? So like, this was this was going to happen, and that is why you go out and you and you get deep and, and you improve all your depth and your bottom six and and even in the the AHL level so that you can have those quick call up type of players and that's why they're vital. So this was this was very calculated and it's very nice to see it not hinder the team like that's really cool it's really cool to see obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt ever but it's nice to it's a nice change of pace to see that injuries don't derail our season and it's still early and and who knows and I guess that leads to the next question which is how can we expect this team to I don't know maintain pace might not be the right expression just because I don't know, maintain pace of, of what? Maintain pace of the last two games? Like, no, that's not, you know what I mean? That's not going to happen. But maintain pace of, of, of I, I don't know, like the season is even like kind of a, an iffy thing. I guess what I'm trying to say is I I think that this is about best case scenario for the depth players on this team. Now, 
The other thing that's added into that is there is still some production from some of the top six guys that Absolutely. we are still waiting. I don't want to make it sound like too much of a negative, like we're fine, but we're kind of waiting for like Andrew Cobb, for instance, like we're still waiting him for him, for him to kind of take those big strides offensively and, and bring in and be the offensive producer that we expected and, and, and such. So I, I think it's a little bit of give and take when you're looking at expectations at the top and the bottom, but all in all, I would be thrilled, I guess, to answer your question. I would be thrilled if this is the level of production we got from our depth players going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to point A is how much better can we expect the team to get? Uh, I think a lot better. And I think the key point you're going to see them really thrive is at five on five, where the team so far in 12 games has struggled. At five on five, you regularly get outplayed. Again, you're seven, three and two. So I'm not going to I'm not going to hammer this team too much. Right. for how they're playing. They're winning games despite all their injuries. But I think once Fabric comes back in the new year, Sam Wallman's getting closer to coming back. He's skating. So is Mark Pissick. So, I mean, Pissick's going to be another New Year's guy. And then if Verona comes back this season, I mean, there's no rush with him. That, that's a completely different situation. But Bertuzzi comes back. I mean, at five on five, you're going to be a much more effective team offensively. The team's been very lucky with the exception of like, you know, P Pissick and Wallman, the defense has been relatively healthy, and the guys that got hurt are depth D-man as it stands anyway. I think that bottom pairing gets a lot stronger once those guys get healthy, as that's been a little bit of a rotation trying to figure out the most effective pair. But the offense, I mean, last night against the New York Rangers, or two nights ago by the time people are listening to this, they touted out there a lineup of Suter, Larkin, Raymond, top line, Kubelik, Kopp, Perron, second line, Ernie, Rasmussen, Zarnik, third line, Soderblom, Valeno and Luff fourth line. And we talked about it last night and how great it was that despite all the injuries that have occurred against the Detroit Red Wings, they're still capable of winning games and producing. And that's a credit towards Steve Eiserman and the signings he made and Derek alone in the scheme that he's teaching this team. Obviously great goaltending is on top of that. So it's fantastic that with all these injuries, you can bring guys up in the AHL and we can still succeed. But at the same time, you start to wonder how long can you succeed with this as your lineup? Because let's face it, you know, a third line of Zarnik, Ernie, and Rasmussen isn't the, the best third line in hockey. You know, Rasmussen's been very good this thus far. Ernie's been a give-and-take player, and Zarnik looked fine in his first game. But you compare that to the third line that you started the season with in Rasmussen, Soderblom, and Sundquist, it's definitely a step down in terms of chemistry. So you wonder how much longer this depth can continue to play really well, and you know, hopefully it's as long as it takes for the guys to get healthy again. But right. And that's I mean, the thing is it, it that's, that's scattered, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's not, not like, Oh, here's the day where everybody comes back. Right. Like it's, it's a scattered thing. So I, I think that as we, and hopefully it's not an evening out process where then like different people get hurt and whatnot, like knock on wood, obviously, but the, anything can happen at any time. Like that's that's why you get depth. And so it, it is a nice change of pace, as we've reiterated a few times now, to see this team actually have solid depth and, and, and not lose a step and not completely just derail the season and kind of like throw in the towel type of stuff when injuries do occur. Uh, but at the same time, I think we're all chomping at the bit, bit to see how good this team can be when fully healthy. Well, yeah, because you get Bertuzzi back on that left wing on that top line. Now you got Suter back down to a third or fourth winger or center line. You get Vrana back at some point. That's your second line winger. Although right. with the way Kubli Cup and Piranha are playing, man, I 
Kublik's been out of his mind, and Perron's been an absolute playmaker. I don't know where Verona slots in this lineup. I mean, ideally top six because he's top six talent, but I mean, that, and that's a great problem to have. Same thing with Robbie Fabry. I think Robbie Fabry slides into a third line role, a middle six forward role, and he'll produce really well in there, assuming his you know his knees are you know so- solid and strong. It's a great problem to have the idea of all of this forward depth coming back. And so I think that the team at five on five is going to get a lot better and they'll be even better once all these players come back and they establish chemistry. Cause that's a big problem too. You can't just slot guys in and expect them to sure. produce chemistry has got to be learned, but I'm just, I think short term, I'm just worried about how long, and I know I'm being pessimistic because again, seven, three and two, and they're playing hard, playing close. And that's a credit towards again, Steve Eisenman's signings, the commitment to the players and the system that alone runs. I mean, it's not possible without those three things coming together with all these injuries in mind, like that's incredible that that's continued to happen. But I get a little worried when I just, these injuries keep toppling and you, you said it yourself, like injuries happen. They happen over the course of a season, but the amount of guys that the Red Wings have out this early in the season is worrying and not in like a sense that like, Oh, they're all injury prone. Just like it's happening all at the same time. And I wish it was, you know, you never wish injuries happen, but it's like, give us a bone, like do like one guy here or there, not like six guys all at once. Come on now. Right. So, and that's, that's my point of, of hopefully my point of optimism too, is that like, they won't, that they will, they will staggeringly come back, even though it seemed like they all kind of went out at the same time. Well, and like you said, you know, they're still producing despite all of these injuries, they're still playing incredibly well. And they've been, they've been fortunate in the depth scoring that's happened. Obviously, you had Luff score. You had two games in a row where Suter has scored uh, goals now. Michael Rasmussen's been producing at a decent clip, uh, mostly with apples so far this season, but nonetheless. So Adam Ernie's gotten a couple. So depth has played a huge role in the offensive uh, side of the thing. So it's really nice that that continues sure. to happen. But I just – I hope these guys come back soon because this team at 7-3-2 and two is going to get a lot better once these guys get healthy. So, but that's, that was the basis of the conversation. I just want to have a quick chat about that. And when we come back, we're going to shift topics and talk about Kubalik specifically and uh, whether or not we should begin to shift our expectations for him after he's off to a scorching start to the season. You know what? My expectations have shift about bet online. Very, very smooth. Very clever. <laughs> Betaline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for professional and amateur leagues out there. From football to basketball to hockey and esports, we've got it at all at betonline.net. And if you love podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Let's talk about Dominic Kubalik now. Um, you, you missed an opportunity. You should have said, "Have our expectations may have shifted, but maybe the betting lines on Dominic Kubalik has shifted as well. You missed an opportunity. It seems like you missed that opportunity because it's your thought. I mean, but you interrupted me, so. Oh, were you going to say that? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Glad we got that clear. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dominic Kubalik. We talked about it at the end of yesterday's episode. The dog, he, dog, just amazing so far. He's got 15 points through 12 games, six goals, nine assists. That is even across the board with the Red Wings captain Dylan Larkin. He was an absolute steal of a signing 
for the Detroit Red Wings. And we said it, you, I want to give you props because you said it more than I said it. Um, Dominic Kubalik was the underrated signing of the offseason. My underrated signing was Oli Mata, and I'm not necessarily wrong on that account either. From the yeah, defensive no, I, I, think, I think both of those are pretty spot yeah. on when you're talking about the offense and defense. Yeah. Yeah. But Dominic Kubalik, you specifically called out as like the guy to look out for because you don't know what you're going to get. And upside on him is high. And so far, like I just said, tied for team leading points. I think he's off to an even hotter start than we expected. And it honestly, the excitement with him started in the preseason when he had that. Um, clap bomb from the point that was just a missile. Right. Well, so here's the thing too, is, is the reason that, that the excitement will not, that I'm not too worried about like him going through like a huge slump or whatever is because of his style. And we talk about it so much. We've talked about it at length ever since the, the, the first day after we signed him, when we, you and I broke down the Dominic Kubalik signing, the first conversation we have about uh, had about him was this dude is going to get shots on net. And that is why, yes, it's a hot start. And no, he's not going to, you know, bag 40 this year. Like that's a, that's, that's a, that's a very tall task. And, and that's what he's on pace for. But like, I'm not saying that on he's pace maintain, 12 games, yeah. right. I'm not saying he's going to maintain a 40 goal pace, but in the same breath, his style is not going anywhere. He might go a week without scoring he might go whatever four games five games without scoring a goal but you can guarantee yourself that he is going to get three to five on net nightly like that's just that and that is why I appreciate him so much to be honest with you and that's why I, I think I, I it, again I'm not trying to say it's sustainable because that is such a insane pace that he's off to so far and and I'm not even remotely close to saying that Kubelik's going to, like I said, going to score 40 this year. But I don't expect, like, the huge droughts to, to either. Like, I, I think that he's, as long as he maintains getting those, you know, top six opportunities, I don't expect him to really go into a huge drought or like, oh, like, you know, it was just a hot start and now he's going to cool off and be whatever the rest of the season. Like, I think he's going to be relatively productive even if it's not at this pace going forward, just because of how he plays the game of hockey and that like, no matter what happens, he's going to get his and like, he's, he's going to eat, you know what I mean? Like he's not, he, you know, he, he's, he's leaving here with something and like, it's going to be a few shots on that. And, and that's, that's awesome because that's last season what this team needed so badly. Yeah. Specifically that, like he got signed to fill a niche role as a guy right. who shoots the puck because this team, struggled last season at shooting the puck and generating shots on net. And so far this season, he does that. And it's such a nice change of pace. And you can see how much it was needed on this team because he's not afraid to shoot the puck. He's not afraid to miss the net either, which he's done a lot of, but you know, he scores goals at big moments. He got the three, nothing. He got the third goal and a three, nothing win over the Islanders, which I would argue sealed the deal. They call the two, nothing lead, the most dangerous lead in hockey. I think that the, that third goal against the Islanders like just completely sealed that game. Then, of course, he had the overtime winner uh, against the Rangers the very next night. So defensively, he's not very good. Like that's just you didn't sign him to play defense, though. That's why you guys got guys right. like Andrew Kopp. That's why you got guys like Oli Mata who are defensive defensemen, although providing quite the offensive upside so far. But Dominic Kubalik, you signed to shoot the puck. And it was a, it was Scotty. It was a you're taking a flyer on this guy to see if he can reclaim RFA. a 
yeah, you can reclaim that little bit of, you know, spark that he had with Chicago Blackhawks in his first year three years ago. And so far he has. I don't know if it's because of the line mates he's playing with. I don't know if it's the system he's playing in. I don't know if it's just him motivated. It's probably a combination of all three. But the question becomes, Scotty, should we be shifting expectations? I mean, we came in to the season talking about Dominic Kubelika's best case scenario scoring 20 to 25 goals. Is that still like the realistic option? Is he off to a hot start and he'll cool off? I mean, you kind of answered that part already. Or is he, is this him? Is he him? You know, is he going to be, well, he is it's, him. it's a combination of those three things that Red Wings are going to know how to deploy him and what situations to deploy him in. And he, his job is just to be the pure goal scorer. We thought Philip Zadina was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I want to tread lightly because I, I really don't think that my expectations for him have changed too much. I think even given this start, if we get to game 82 and he ends the season with 25 goals, which is what, you know, like you said, we, we kind of put that out there as somewhere between 20 and 25. I still kind of expect that. And I still think that after game 82, I would be like, yeah, this was a successful signing. This was a good signing. He got shots on net, put the puck in the net 20, you know, 23, 25 times, whatever. I, I would still be happy with that. Even with the start that he's off to now. And I, I, my expectations are still there. And, and like I said, I, don't have any reason to believe that he's going to go into a huge drought. And I, I really like his style of play. And I think it's very much needed on this team, but at the same time, it's still what 12 games. And I, I think he would have to do this for much longer for me to shift and be like, this dude's going to score 35. Yeah, I mean, if we get to, we're at 12 games. If we double that and get to 24, 25 games, nice, by the way. That was an amazing. Bro, you have no idea how impressive that was. I felt it like the entirety of the last sentence. And I was like, I got to finish this thought right now. I passed it back to you. Hit. It, that was incredible. I didn't even that's, see you hit the the mute button. It was that, so that seamless. Be the, that's in my highlight tape. That's yeah. in my highlight Put that tape. in your demo reel when you apply to be a, a radio star, man. Be like, watch Correct. me hit this uh, mute button. You'll be impressed. <laughs> But, oh God, I'm off track. I was so impressed by that. He, um, my expectations, I think, are a little bit shifted. Um, I think it's fair to, like, really hardcore shift him if at the 25-game mark, he's still producing at this clip. Um, Then you can be like, okay, yeah, he might be a 40-goal scorer. But through 12 games with the consistency in which he's scoring goals, uh, I'm comfortable bumping up my 20 to 25 prediction to 25 to 30 at this point. And that might be ballsy. It might be a hot take, but you know, he, like I said, and the reason, the reason why I think that is because this is his role on the team, you know, at, at, at five on five, his expected goals for percentage is 40.26. He is below 50%. That's not good. I'm not trying to tell you guys it's not, that's good, but that's because his role on the team to reemphasize is to shoot the puck, but he doesn't play defense. And we knew that when they signed him. So he's very much being deployed into this position of shoot the puck, Dominic. We know that's what you're good at. We're going to put you in a position to succeed. Because if you change that to all strengths considered, that includes power play where he gets a lot of his opportunities. Now he's up to 63.99%. He jumps 20% in quality shot attempts for 
versus quality shot attempts against when you include power play, which is no duh, you're up a man. But that just speaks For to sure. the, the way that they're deploying Dominic Kubelik. They're not deploying him out there to play a two-way game. Obviously, they want everyone to be all over the ice and play a complete game. But that's why I'm comfortable moving him up from 25 to 30 because he's a power play guy. They're going to put him out there on the power play unit number one every single time to either feed that puck to Piranha Cross, feed that puck to Raymond down low, or just unleash a slap shot. So he's going to be scoring goals. So, you know, if if we wanted to adjust expectations, I'm okay with going to 25 to 30 because that's how they're deploying him. They're not asking him to do more, though they might be. But I don't know. But well, he's not doing more than that right now. But that, I'm not complaining because that's why we have other guys signed. Yeah, I, I also think it's important. Like, his, his role... When he came in, we were talking about him as a as a bottom six forward yeah. and uh, power play two, hopefully power play one kind of guy. And now he's, you know, bona fide on the power play and he's getting top six minutes because of the injuries. And that goes back to our conversation in the first segment with the depth. And he's been able to step up and, and fill a role and be really productive in it again not going to give you clamps defensively and uh, offensively. He, he's really just out there to put the puck on the net, but I'll be darned. He's going to do it. And that's, do it. that's really nice. So in the same conversation that, that we have about Zadina yesterday, right? Where we were like, Hey, he's not putting the puck in the back of the net, but he's playing good hockey. We also have to have the conversation about Kuba league. Not that he's playing bad hockey at all. He's playing good hockey, but roles oh, yeah. are different for each for for individual players. Not everything is just graded by how many times you put the puck in the net, and not everything is graded by what you do outside of either. Like everybody has their role in their niche, and scoring is important. Some would argue the most important thing yeah. in the game of hockey. So the fact that he's able to put the puck on the net is is obviously very valuable. So yeah, I, I think he's going to continue getting opportunities. He's going to continue getting minutes because of the the injuries and whatnot that have happened in the top six. And honestly, even at full health, I think there's a legitimate conversation about him staying there. That's a conversation for when some of these players start coming back. It's probably not one we have today, but I think there's a conversation when when Fabry comes back and, and whatnot that, that Kubelik maintains his role and, and maybe some of those other forwards uh, take take a back seat, at least when they first come back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when we come back, we'll move on to a game preview of the Montreal Canadiens, the second matchup between these two teams this season. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Lockdown Red Wings listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is the biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why you're going to love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when the threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and only threat other threats rather to your home. 
24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated SimpliSafe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or even adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so you don't want to miss it. That's simplysafe.com slash lockedonNHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the second time these two teams have met so far this season. Obviously, we all know the first time they met was at Little Caesars Arena for the home opener, the season opener for the Detroit Red Wings. They beat them three to nothing. Billy Huso shut out uh, his first shutout as a Red Wing. It was also the first game where Elmer Soderblom got his NHL first career NHL goal. Um, and since then, they have accumulated a record of five, six, and one. They are seventh in the Atlantic Division. They got off to a little bit of a hot start, but have cooled since then. Uh, there's no qualms about it. This is supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league this year, and it's intentionally so because they want to get Connor Bedard. I can't blame anyone. Connor Bedard's amazing. He's he's going to be a stellar NHL athlete, uh, an immediate stud, I think. So they're trying to get him, and so they're not making they're not disguising their intent this season. But the players on the team are still going out there, and they're still performing well and competing. Now it is to note that. Um, Canadians forward Anderson did just get a two game suspension. So he will be out in this game. Uh, he is fifth on their team in scoring so far this season. He has 12 games played five points, but outside of that, their team is led by captain Nick Suzuki with 15 points in 12 games played eight and seven split Cole Caulfield, uh, is 14 points in 12 games played. And then Kirby doc traded from the Chicago Blackhawks this offseason, 10 points in 12 games played. But, uh, as far as it goes, that's about all their offense. Cause after there. It's a steep drop-off. What should we expect, Scotty, from the Montreal Canadiens heading into the second matchup between these two teams? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think that the Canadiens are at the level of the Coyotes or the Blackhawks. Or the Sharks. Or, right. Like, I, I think that there is a, a little bit – they're in – they're the worst team in the division – they're in the bottom fifth of the NHL, absolutely. But I, I don't think they're quite in like the very bottom of the cellar when it comes. And like we lost to Chicago, or what? Did we take them to overtime? We blew a lead and took them. To we OT. blew a lead. The Red Wings blew a lead and lost in overtime. Right. Yeah. So like that's uh that you know there there, there are no gimme games in the NHL, but um I, I guess I, I'm just. They have some top end talent, like they do. They have they do, a, a yeah. decent top six and a productive top six. Where you beat them on theme with this episode is with depth. Your depth is undoubtedly better than Montreal's. You should be able to take advantage of that on special teams. You should be able to take advantage of that on five on five. This should be a game where you can gain some confidence on the on even strength and on the five on five. And even if it's not necessarily clicking on all cylinders at the top line, you have better lines two through four, undeniably. So go make something happen. I don't know. I think that uh, th this is this is obviously a game that you should win, no doubt about it. 
but it, it, at the same breath, it's it's kind of a scary game for me. First off, it's a trap all game. division games are a little scary. But again, uh, while while you are better and they are the worst team in the division, I, I don't think they're on the the quite the depths of like the worst worst teams in the NHL either. So it's it's kind of a I don't know. They're in disguise. This screams trap game to me, Scotty. Yeah, it absolutely screams trap game to me. And I'm not Agreed. scared of the Montreal Canadiens. Don't get me wrong, but you're riding a three game win streak, beating three legitimate playoff contenders. I mean, the New York Rangers are going to make a deep run in the playoffs, probably at least the second round. And now you're going to be playing a team that is seventh in your division, second to last, just above the Ottawa Senators. Hmm, interesting how that's happening. Huh. Uh, but that's a topic for a different day. To keep comparing them, huh? Uh, uh, long season though. I don't want to talk too much. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I, you probably shouldn't have said that. It, it, it's it. We look at it right now, and we can we can right, laugh. Yeah. Um, we'll see where we're at, at the end of the this season. But Montreal Canadiens are second to last in the division, and they're let's they're not a great team. But like you said, there are some legitimate talent on that team. Cole Caulfield obviously is going to be a stud in this league. He probably already, so, he honestly yeah. already is kind of a stud after a rocky start to last season. And then Nick Suzuki's a legitimate, you know, threat out Nick there. Suzuki. And their goaltending is good too. Jake Allen in eight games played is just a 900 save percentage, so he's he's all, he's doing enough to keep his Not team bad. in the games. And Sam Montague, their 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 backup goaltender, 928 save percentage in four games played. So their backup has arguably been their better goaltender, but granted, half as many games played. So they got two goaltenders who are going to keep them in the games. Uh, their forwards are top heavy for sure. The depth isn't necessarily there, um, but their penalty kill is, I think, 18th in the league, and their power play is 27th. So it's it's just like it's one of those things where the Red Wings are riding a three game home uh, winning streak. They're going to go home, and they're they just beat three really good teams too. And they're I just I screams trap game to me because I'm I'm worried that the Red Wings are going to be feeling themselves a little bit and maybe take the Canadians a little lightly because of the fact that they know where they sit in the standings. Now, these are professional athletes, and all things considered, they shouldn't ever think that. They should always go into every game like, we need to win this game. It's a must-win, but we know that's not the reality of the situation. I'm afraid that they're going to come out sluggish because they're like, okay, we got a break now. We're playing the Canadians. So I don't – again, I, I think the Red Wings have – the edge in every category. They should beat the Canadiens. It, it's one of those situations where this is a team you should not just beat, but beat handily. The last time we said that, we were talking about the Chicago Blackhawks, and we know how that turned out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. I, I I agree with the sentiment that this might be... And look, that doesn't mean that the possibility doesn't remain that they just go out there and win 6-2 to two either. Like, that, that's totally possible. But the team with... with solid enough goaltending and the ability to to score and getting production out of a top line is, is not a is not a rollover gimme game that it might appear to be just because everybody knows that they're going to finish at the bottom of the division so it's uh it, it's certainly not a gimme but you should have the edge go and, and take care of business we, we say it all the time good teams win the games they're supposed to so yep. go out there and, and, and take care of business for sure and we also know we have evidence that they can go out there and take care of, uh, of business looking at the Anaheim Ducks game. So Exactly. Yep. That's that's the long and short of it, guys, is go out there and do your job. Get a four-game win streak. Huso probably starting after Ned started on Sunday? I would imagine Huso, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would imagine so, too. So, uh, last thing I got, Scotty, is over under six and a half. That's what BetOnline.net has it listed at. What you taking? Give me the over. Hammer the over. Honestly, guys, when it comes out, 
uh, over-unders in hockey always hammer the over. So yeah, uh, it, it takes it takes some guts to hammer the under for sure. I'm, I'm going to take the over on that one, yep. You know what, though? <sighs> let's see. Like, let's look back to the last three games, the track record in the last three games. Right, The Washington Capitals game was, what, a 3-1 victory? Then you had a 3-0 victory, and then you had a 3-2 victory. Those are all unders. I'm taking the under in this game. I'm feeling the under. Bet online. Bet online. That's where the game starts. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Wednesday. I always forget what day it is. There you go. With a new episode recapping this game against the Montreal Canadiens, hopefully talking about a four-game win streak. Any final thoughts, Scotty? We ball. We ball. We'll be back tomorrow then. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. <laughs>